welcome to another exciting episode of Nuclear Knowledge, a weekly podcast of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies, where we are advancing peace, promoting stability, and remind you to think deterrence. The views of the hosts are their own. Howdy, y'all. I'm Bill Murphy, your host for today's episode of Nuclear Knowledge. If you happen to have listened to Adam Lowther in episode one of Nuclear Knowledge, he defined deterrence and identified an equation for credibly deterrence as capability times will times communication. In episode three, he went on and briefly identified the triad and its three components. And that's what I'm going to discuss in more detail today. The triad and how it provides a capability portion of the deterrence equation. Now, for your awareness, much of the information I'm about to share with you can be found on the DOD, Department of Defense, interactive triad website or the Office of Secretary of Defense's 2020 Nuclear Matters Handbook. So now let's get started. So what is the triad and why does the U.S. field three separate components? Today's nuclear triad consists of 14 ballistic missile submarines, known as SSBNs, armed with about 240 submarine-launched ballistic missiles. The triad also consists of 400 land-based intercontinental ballistic missiles, known as ICBMs, 60-plus nuclear-capable heavy bomber aircraft capable of delivering gravity bombs and cruise missiles. Now, these forces are enabled by Nuclear Command, Control, and Communications, or NC3, a topic I plan to cover in an upcoming Nuclear Knowledge podcast. But back to the triad. The most recent Nuclear Post Review states, in order to deter large-scale attacks, we will field a modern, resilient nuclear triad. So a set of weapons and associated platforms, the three legs of the U.S. nuclear triad, serve as the backbone of America's national security. The triad, along with its assigned forces, provide 24-7 deterrence to prevent catastrophic actions from any adversaries, and they stand ready, if necessary, to deliver a decisive response anywhere at any time. Now, diving deeper into the first leg of the triad, this is from the land. These are our Intercontinental Ballistic Missiles, or ICBMs. More than 10,000 personnel provide up to 400 on-alert, combat-ready, Minuteman three Intercontinental Ballistic Missiles in hardened silos across five states, with another 50 silos kept in what is known as warm status. These missiles make up the most responsive leg of the nuclear triad and have been on continuous around-the-clock alert since 1959. The Sentinel program will begin the replacement of the Minuteman III and modernization of these 450 intercontinental ballistic missile launch facilities in the late 2020s. Now, in regards to responsiveness, if contact has happened to be lost between the launch control centers and the 400 missile facilities, the specially configured looking glass aircraft can assume command control of these isolated missiles and launch them upon direction. Now, the second leg is from the sea. These are our ballistic missile submarines. 
that are loaded with submarine-launched ballistic missiles, or SLBMs. Boomers, as ballistic missile submarines are sometimes called, are stealthy undersea platforms for SLBMs. Boomers are always at sea, and the 14 Ohio-class subs make up the most survivable leg of the nuclear triad. The ability to hide in the deep makes them difficult to find and give doubts to any adversary that they can destroy all of our forces. The Columbia-class sub program will begin to replace the Ohio-class subs starting in the early 2030s. Now, each of our current 14 Ohio-class subs can carry up to 20 submarine-launched ballistic missiles with multiple independent targeted warheads and are specifically designed for extended deterrent patrols. These subs and associated SLBMs assure the ability to strike anytime, anywhere, even after surprise first to strike by an adversary. It is this sort of ability to have survivable platforms and weapons that provides our national leadership with much greater flexibility in their decision-making process. Now, the third and final leg of the triad is that from the air, our bombers. America Bombers Fleet provides a range of both conventional and nuclear response options. Consisting of 46 nuclear-capable B-52 bombers and 20 B-2 Spirit aircraft, the nation's bombers fleet is the most flexible leg of the triad, capable of providing massive firepower in a short time anywhere on the globe, even through the most advanced defenses. The B-52, which was originally deployed in 1961, has undergone a plethora of life extensions and upgrades to bring it up into the 21st century. The B-2, up to this point, has been the nation's only low observable bomber since it first rolled out in 1997. And the new B-21 Raider, which was rolled out in December of 2022, is the next generation low observable bomber and is scheduled to replace the B-2 in the late 2020s with a planned minimum inventory of 100 aircraft. So why have three separate legs in our nuclear deterrence strategy? Each leg of the triad provides its own unique and complementary attributes. When all three legs are brought together, the triad is intended to ensure that none of our adversaries believe they could launch a strategic attack that would eliminate the U.S. ability to respond. The elimination of any leg of the triad would weaken the overall strength of the force and make it easier for adversary war planning. For example, if no intercontinental ballistic missiles existed, an attack using conventional weapons against our limited number of submarine and bomber bases could significantly degrade U.S. nuclear capabilities without the use of nuclear weapons. This could significantly lower the threshold for an attack against the U.S. homeland. Having three separate legs within the triad provides the ability to adjust fielded systems if another leg of the triad is degraded or becomes unavailable. And speaking of unavailable, these systems are all getting old and are in desperate need of modernization. Almost all of the platforms and systems that make the triad are operating well beyond their original design lives and they must be modernized or will rust into obsolescence. As we watch multiple countries increase and modernize their arsenals, we can see how important modernization of U.S. platforms are to the capability portion of the deterrence equation. According to the most recent OSD Nuclear Matters Handbook, 
the Ohio class sub will be over 40 years upon its initial retirement, which is 10 years past its design life. The Minuteman 3 ICBM system, with an original 10-year design life, will be over 60 years as it begins its sunset years. And the B-52 that was brought online in the early 60s, who knows if or when it will finally be retired. And so as the current NPR states, we will continue to deploy nuclear triad and are fully committed to the programs that will begin to field modernized systems. So over the coming decade, our adversaries and allies will see the fielding of the Sentinel Intercontinental Ballistic Missile, the Columbia-class submarine, and the B-21 Raider with an associated long-range standoff weapon, or LRSO. This will be replacing the Alcom air launch cruise missile, which has been around for more than half a century. So in summary, the three legs of the nuclear triad are complementary with each component offering unique attributes. Again, our ICBMs are responsive and are deployed in hundreds of silos that can be launched and reach targets within minutes, creating a nearly insurmountable targeting problem for adversaries. Our subs are survivable, with a portion of the fleet always on patrol, making it difficult for adversaries to track all of them, contributing to their survivability. And finally, our bombers are flexible. They can be a clear and visible signal of U.S. intent and resolve during a crisis and provide a variety of deployment and yield options when placed on alert. So by maintaining and modernizing our triad that possess the attributes of effectiveness, responsiveness, survivability, flexibility, and visibility, we will ensure the capabilities portion of the deterrence equation, capabilities times will times communication, never drop so low that we see a failure in our deterrence or our extended deterrence commitments. And if you'd like to hear more about extended deterrence, be sure to catch Christine Leah's Nuclear Knowledge Podcast and hear the view of our allies from down under. This has been Bill Murphy with this version of Nuclear Knowledge.